Genesis chapter 50. Today our character, we're not going to do a character necessarily every week, but today our character is Joseph. And hopefully when you were in Sunday school, you learned a little bit about Joseph, probably the coat of many colors, things like that. And there's a really important lesson in the life of Joseph, and I hope that we can make that really clear to everyone today. But if you'd like to, you can turn your Bibles to Genesis chapter 50, and we're just going to start off with verse 20, and then we're going to make our way through some different passages there in the book of Genesis. So Genesis chapter 50, in verse 20, this is Joseph speaking, and he says this, You intended to harm me, but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So here's kind of the question, the Sunday school question that we may hit with even a few different messages in this series, and probably one that you've asked yourself a lot of times. Why does God let bad things happen to good people? you ask that question? Why does God let bad things happen to good people? And the first part of the answer today is, well, nobody's good. (laughs) And you're like, well, that's kind of harsh, preacher. Well, that's what the Lord says himself. But what I want you to see here today is we're going to give you kind of an answer in that question through Joseph and his story. And so we're going to start in a place that I'm afraid may be familiar with a lot of people, unfortunately, but it may also, the Lord may use it to speak and encourage your heart today. And we want to see this first truth about Joseph's story is that he suffered from his own family. He suffered from his own family. And please don't raise your hand or anything like that, but how many of us have been hurt by our own family? And maybe more deeply by our own family than by other people, right? Because we love them the most, right? So I want us to look at a little bit about Joseph's example and be reminded about how God can work even when the hurt comes from those that we love the most. Let's look in Genesis chapter 37. So go back to chapter 37. Again, we're going to be hopping around Genesis 37 through 50 a little bit this morning. And let's look a little bit about this truth. Again, Joseph's going to speak truthfully with his family, but they are going to shun him. Genesis 37, verse 5, the Bible says, Joseph had a dream, and when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain out in the field when suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves gathered around mine and bowed down to it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream. And this time the sun and the moon and 11 stars were bowing down to me. When he told his father as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. What do you know about Joseph? Is he the oldest? No. You start making your way down to the bottom before you get to Joseph, right? And if you remember, uh, Joseph was, and Benjamin were the son of Jacob's favorite wife. 
Let me tell you, if you have a favorite wife, you've got a lot of problems. We're not going to even get into that right now, right? But in that situation, if you guys study the, the book of Genesis, you're going to find that Joseph was treated already better than everybody else. And maybe, again, I hope I'm not bringing up too much trauma from your family if you have brothers and sisters, but there might have been a brother or sister that just seemed to always get a little bit better and a little bit more than everybody else. And maybe it was you, but maybe it wasn't. Joseph was in that situation already. Part of the problem is brothers didn't like him because his dad treated him favorably or he treated him better than his other family. So Joseph shares a dream, again, just speaking truthfully, not trying to put salt in wounds or anything like that. He has a dream that his sheaf is up and the rest of the brothers, their sheaves are bowing down to his. How do you think that went over to the boy who had the coat of many colors? Right? They were already didn't like him. Now they were hot. Okay. Not only that, he has another dream. And what happened in that dream? What's he see? The sun and moon and then the 11 stars bowing down. And the Bible says his father rebuked him. Who do you think you are, boy? You think your brother and I are going to bow down to you? Hmm. Now, that's a pretty hard thing. His, the scripture says that his brothers hated him. And we're going to see in just a minute how much they did hated, hate him. But what I want to be very clear about here this morning, this is really important. Abuse is never justified. Sometimes the troubles we are facing are a direct result of our own sins and our poor choices. Anybody testify to that today? Right? Some of the things that come on my life, it's all me. Travis made a bad choice. Travis sinned. Travis disobeyed. Travis bears the consequences. Okay? But sometimes, and in this case, and in many cases in Joseph's life, we're going to see that here, all Joseph is doing is speaking and relaying the truth. It's also interesting that this won't be the first time in his life that dreams play a really important part of his life. But what I want you to notice here, and I hope that you be encouraged in this a little bit this morning, sometimes the suffering you face is not from your sins or your own mistakes. Okay? Think about God's will. It's kind of tricky how God's will works sometimes, isn't it, right? Sometimes the suffering that comes in your life is the direct result of the sins of other people. What I think is really interesting about this first bit this morning, this first part, paragraph, is while Jacob was frustrated with his son and his brothers were jealous, in verse 11, what does the Bible say? His father kept the matter in mind. People who are truth seekers, who are God lovers, even when they're confronted with things that seem to be challenging and hurtful, they process them to see where the Lord's will is in those things, right? It's hard for somebody to tell you that what you're doing isn't right. <laughs> and it may be hard for someone that you think is in a lower position to be in a higher position than you. But begin, because of who Jacob was, he kept the matter in mind. Again, still be thinking this morning, this is his own family. This is where we're starting today. God is at work in the whole situation, and here we see his family uh, giving him a, a difficult time. Let's go on a little bit further, and we'll see how much his brothers hated him. Look at Genesis chapter 37, verse 19. 
Verse 19, the Bible says, Here comes that dreamer, they said to each other. Come now, let's what? Let's kill him and throw him into one of these cisterns and say a ferocious animal devoured him. Then we'll see what comes of his dreams. Now, in some senses, you may think, well, that's just hyperbole. But I think very literally here, there were a few other brothers that were done with Joseph. They wanted his life to be done. Again, this is his family. This is his family. There will be times when you speak truthfully that people will be abusive to you, and it may even be your own family. You hear the Lord today? It's hard, isn't it, right? Wait a minute. I'm a Christian. I'm a believer. I'm trying to serve the Lord. I'm trying to be obedient. Aren't things going to go well? And when you speak truth, it can really be hurtful. This morning in my um, persecuted church prayer app was the story of a young woman from Egypt. And this young woman uh, had answered uh, the Christ call on her life and her family completely had abandoned her. And because her family didn't try to abuse her or persecute her, her family was facing suffering from or persecution from other Muslims there in Egypt. And so sometimes when we speak the truth, things can really be difficult. Now again, I remind you, we've been going over this on Wednesdays a little bit too. When we speak the truth, we must do it in love. But even so, we may still find some rejection or abuse or suffering in return. And how many of us, when we've been in those places, we wonder where the Lord's at? Hello? Right? I'm just trying to do what's right. <laughs> I'm not trying to be mean. I'm trying to be very clear. Where are you, God? And sometimes that's where we can find ourselves. And I think that's why Joseph is such an encouragement to us. Here, the sins of others cause pain in the heart of their brother. And sometimes your sins cause you pain, but sometimes it is the sins of others. So let's look at what happens. Go on down, if you would, to verse 28. So when the Midianite merchants came by, his brothers pulled Joseph up out of the cistern and they sold him for 20 shekels of silver to Ishmaelites who took him to Egypt. Then they got Joseph's robe, they slaughtered a goat, they dipped the robe in blood, they took the ornate robe back to their father and said, we found this, examine to see whether it is your son's robe. And he recognized it and said, it is my son's robe. Some ferocious animal has devoured him. Joseph has surely been torn to pieces. So they don't kill him. They end up just selling him. But I almost think in some respects, it's, it's so, such a horrible deception they play on their father, right? Basically, they, take it, they know the grief it's going to cause him. They know he's his father's favorite son. And they take it back to, to Jacob. And Jacob is in an immense grief because he thinks his son has been killed. The brothers plan evil for their brother. Here being again this morning. If you commit to serving the Lord, you may find that on occasion, some people may seek to hurt you or damage your reputation. And again, it could even be those closest to you. Now let's switch gears just a second because the answer today is Jesus. And really Jesus and Joseph are so close. Was Jesus ever falsely accused? <laughs> Did he ever suffer abuse that should not have been his? Was he ever neglected because he spoke the truth, even in love? You guys, anything that you go through 
as a Christian, honoring the Lord, the Lord has already been there. The Lord knows. And that's why Jesus is the answer. Because <laughs> when you get in that situation and you're like, why are you letting this happen, God? Why are you letting my family do this to me? Jesus is the one who says, I know what it is for my brothers to hate me. I know what it is for my own people to persecute me. I know what it is for my own people to kill me because I'm obeying the will of my Father. And I want you today to know that you can go to the Lord. Sometimes we suffer at the hands of our family. Sometimes we suffer at the hands of others. Now, things do start out good. You guys know the story. Look in Genesis 39, verse 3. Genesis chapter 39, a couple chapters over, verse 3. The Bible says, when his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord gave him success in everything he did, Joseph found favor in his eyes and he became his attendant. Potiphar put him in charge of his household and he entrusted to his care everything he owned. And Joseph found favor. And my guess is he probably thought, this is God's plan for me. Have you ever been there? This is God's plan for me right? My brothers, they wanted to kill me. They sold me as a slave. I've ended up here at Potiphar. He thinks I'm a great guy. Everything's going good. I've made my way up. I'm a manager. This is what it's going to be. God's got it worked out. This is how it is, right? You been there, right? Wendy and I were poor seminary kids, moved up to Salem, Illinois. Little bitty tiny church, had been through a lot of problems, and after about five or six years, things really started to get a lot better, a lot healthier. After 13 years, this is what God's got for us. This is it. Amen? God says, no, I want you to be a Hoosier. I said, what? <laughs> I want you to go to Indiana. I thought this was how it was going to work out. I had it all laid out. This is the way God's going to do my life. And I'm guessing this is just me. This is pure penology here. That Probably Joseph felt that way. This is it. But you guys know the rest of the story, right? This is not it. Look down at verse 17. It goes downhill pretty fast. Then she, that is Potiphar's wife, told him this story. That Hebrew slave you brought us came to me to make sport of me. But as soon as I screamed for help, he left his cloak beside me and he ran out of the house. And when his master heard the story, his wife told him, saying, this is how your slave treated me. He burned with anger. And Joseph's master took him and put him in prison, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. There's all kinds of mess here, isn't there, right? Did you get the fact? Did you get the truth? And part of the deal is, well, I'm a landowner and you're a slave. That also increased some of the animosity. Joseph is falsely accused. Think again with me. He's striving to handle his life with integrity. He's already been through so much with his family. God blessed him to find favor, but then one of the most troubling things happens to Joseph. Potiphar's wife is telling lies about him. We ourselves need to be honest before God. We should definitely not play the blame game when our sins belong to us. But in this case, and sometimes in our life and in your life, we have a clear false accusation. In this world, sometimes people will challenge your motives and accuse you of things that are not true. And often they lash out because they have been hurt themselves, but that is no excuse. 
You're listening to me this morning. Maybe someone said some things about you that weren't true or assumed something or even lied about you. If so, you can understand Joseph's plight. Anybody ever misjudge your motives? Okay, hang on just a second. I'm going to flip it back on you. You ever misjudge anybody else's motives? <laughs> okay. Before we get too far and feeling too sorry for ourselves, right? We need to be mindful of the same thing. Again, I want to remind you, does Jesus know anything about false accusations? The Lord knows. And here's what I want to challenge you. This is a big truth this morning from this lesson. God will vindicate his children. Not always immediately, but justice will come. Justice would come for Joseph, and God would vindicate his son, and he did it through an empty tomb. Amen? You thought you took him down. You thought you ended him. God says, no, this is my son. Let me prove it to you. There's nobody. The Lord is risen from the dead. All right. You can see sometimes your own family causes suffering. You can see sometimes when others cause you suffering. But here what I want to see. Sometimes things even get so bad you feel completely abandoned. Again, for just a brief time, things seem to get a little better in Joseph's life. Look again in chapter 39, Genesis 39, verse 23. The prison warden paid no attention to anything under Joseph's care because the Lord was with Joseph and gave him success in whatever he did. Has God been with Joseph in the whole mess? There's another thing today, right? Okay. A lot of you guys, your prayer requests you're sharing today, be mindful of this. You're not alone. The Lord is with you, okay? Even in the suffering, even when your family hurts you, even if your neighbor hurts you or your coworker hurts you, the Lord is with you, and the Lord was with Joseph in all these things. Again, he's elevated. God grants him favor with the people who are in charge. And so I'm sure he's hoping for freedom and a new life. And you guys remember not too long after being there in the prison, a cupbearer and a baker come and visit him, right? The cupbearer and the baker, and they have some dreams. And again, if you're going to be a prophet, if you're going to be a, a dream interpreter, you just got to speak the truth, right? And the cupbearer is going to get restored, but what's going to happen to the baker? It's not going to work out so well for him. Joseph speaking the truth. The cupbearer gets back to the king, and Joseph even tells the cupbearer, hey, when you get back there, you let the king know who interpreted this dream. Hopefully I can get out of this place. How quickly did that turn around? Joseph was forgotten for two years. Have you ever been forgotten? Just left behind? What a horrible feeling, right? I've helped. <laughs> I've done my job. I'm doing the right thing. I'm honoring the Lord, and I am forgotten. Genesis 41.1, when two full years had passed, then Pharaoh had a dream. Quickly, hear me this morning. God's ways are higher than our ways, and he will bring about justice in his time. That's tough, isn't it, right? Sunday school answers. God brings about justice in his time. So let's quickly rehearse this as we pull this all together this morning. Joseph was hated by his brothers. Uh, they seriously thought about killing him, but instead they sold him into slavery. He chooses to do the right thing regarding Potiphar and especially regarding God. And instead of being exonerated by Potiphar, he's put in prison. He helps a fellow prisoner, but that prisoner forgets Joseph for two years. 
Now, maybe when you were in Sunday school, all you heard about was a coat of many colors, or maybe you heard about the dreams. But what I hope you also heard about was how to deal with suffering. If you had a good Bible teacher, they would have told you that everything is not easy for the Christian, and Joseph is proof of that. Paul this morning said that when he had a hard time, he'd go to the book of Job, <laughs> right? Because he knew that in Job, that there's somebody who suffered but found the Lord's grace. Joseph is the same story, isn't he, right? It's the same thing. He is proof that it's not an easy life. But you and I, got, we know the story doesn't end there either. And I'm not going to take you through the whole thing, but it's so good. Genesis 42 through 45 uh, is an unbelievable story. Now, here's one of the things I want you to take note of. Does Joseph immediately, as he gets, uh, he interprets Pharaoh's dream, he gets set up to be the, the second highest ruler in all of Egypt, does he immediately call his brothers in and say, it's all okay, no problem, no worries? What's he do? He sticks it to him a little bit, doesn't he? Right? He is going to actually kind of uh, give it to his brothers uh, for just a little bit. And here, here's something that we have talked about in the past, but I think it's so good and so important to say this here even this morning. People who have been through a lot of suffering, especially suffering from their closest friends or their closest family, they need a safe place to share their hurts and their frustration, and they need time to process the hurt. A lot of times as Christians, we're ready when something bad happens to someone, we're like, well, you just need to get over it, forgive, and give it to the Lord, and you'll be right away. And what we know with a lot of things, the way they work with the Lord, sometimes the Lord takes away the conviction or he takes away the hurt. He takes away the temptation right away. But a lot of times he takes it away in time, doesn't he, right? So we also need to let our brothers and sisters have time to process the hurt. Again, hear me this morning. I don't think Joseph was ready to buddy up with his brothers after they threw him in a pit and they sold them in to slavery. I don't think he was ready to sit down to dinner with Miss Potiphar after she falsely accused him and had him thrown into prison. So if you have been hurt like this, here's another lesson from this this morning. You can't stay in that hurt. What happens if you stay in the hurt? What do you get? Bitter. Ever been hurt at work? I'm never talking to that person anymore. For every chance I get, I'm going to do something to them. I should have got that. They got it. Why did they get that? I didn't get that. You ever had the same thing in your family? Why did grandma give them the, the nice thing? Why didn't I get it? Why didn't mom give me that? Why did they get it? <laughs> and you can let that hurt fester and fester, and it will create such a bitter spot in your soul it will hinder your communication with god and your effectiveness for the lord you think joseph had a reason to be bitter he's now the second most powerful man in all the land of egypt he probably could have ended his brothers if he wanted to but again he would not stay in his hurt he will find a way with the lord's help to make his way through this situation again you have a right to feel hurt when you've been justly hurt you have a right to be angry, but if you stay here, your spiritual life will freeze and you'll be stuck for a long time. Joseph finds a way to forgive his family. He'll be reconciled in, 
to them. Again, Jesus, even on the cross, he forgave those who crucified him. Again, it won't always be immediate, but we need to come to the place where we can forgive our abusers, our accusers, and those who abandon us, even if they are in our own family. Did you catch that? How many believe in Jesus today? Amen, right? That is true. That's a true statement. But you will need the Lord's help to get to that place. How did Joseph accomplish this? He saw God's hand and he recognized he was more accountable to God than to any human being. Look with me in Genesis chapter 45, verse 4. And Joseph said to his brothers, come close to me. And when they had done so, he said, I am your brother Joseph, the one you sold into Egypt. And now do not be distressed and do not be angry with yourselves for selling me here. Look what he says. Because it was to save lives that God sent me ahead of you. Again, he could have cried and whined about everything, right? Why has my life been so hard? But look where he is at, right? Verse 6. For two years now, there has been famine in the land. For the next five years, there will not be plowing or reaping. But God sent me ahead of you to preserve you, for you, a remnant on the earth, and to save your lives by a great deliverance. So then it was not you who sent me here, but God. <laughs> right? You didn't put me in the pit. You didn't sell me to the Ishmaelites. You didn't put me in Potiphar's house. You didn't put me in the prison. You didn't leave me there for two years. And you didn't put me second in command of all of Egypt. It was God who did that. That's some perspective, isn't it, right? And only through the Lord's help can we come to that place. Look at verse 18. His brothers then came and threw themselves down before him. We are your slaves. Just a quick aside, because this is so good, right? Think about that, right? You tried to kill your brother. Well, at least you made his dad think so. You go to Egypt because your dad said, go to Egypt and get us some food because we're not going to make it. You get to Egypt. You make your way in. You meet the second highest guy in the land. He's really gracious to you for some reason. You're not exactly sure what all is going on. And you get your grain and you head your way back home. And on the way back home, you realize that the silver that you paid for the grain was stuck back in your bags. You're like, "Uh uh-oh. So you get more silver so you can go back give the, old, the first round of silver, and then have a little extra. The next thing you know, this guy knows something about your youngest brother, and he wants him to come along, Benjamin, as proof that you are who say you are. He starts accusing you of things. And then you go down to have dinner with him, and for some reason, you look around the room, and everybody is set in order from the oldest to the youngest, but nobody told anybody who was the oldest and the youngest. And then all of a sudden... This brother you tried to kill reveals to you that he is your long-lost brother. Yeah, I think I'd bow down to his feet too, right? And again, Joseph could have, in that situation, he could have gloated, he could have lorded, he could have thrown him in prison. He probably could have even killed them if he had desired. But what's he do? He makes reconciliation. 
Because what does God want from his brothers? He wants them to be redeemed as well. Amen? Can I just speak real clear to you this morning? Some of your family may drive you crazy. And they may have hurt you really deeply. But the Lord ultimately wants what out of them? He wants their redemption. Can you hear the Lord speaking today? He wants their redemption. I know your hurt can be deep, and I know it can be really hard, but God wants their redemption. If you open up your heart this morning, the Lord may find the way, just like he did with Joseph, for you to minister to those who have hurt you the most. There may be a path for you to be able to have them be reconciled to God. All right, look at verse 19 then. Joseph said to them, don't be afraid. Am I in the place of God? Again, vengeance isn't mine. You intended to harm me. God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. So then don't be afraid. I will provide for you and your children. And he reassured them and spoke kindly to them. That's the grace of God, isn't it, right? After all this, after all he'd been through, what did he say? He said, am I in the place of God? It was not his place to seek revenge. That was God's call. <laughs> Again, only a God thing. So our Sunday school question and answer this morning, how do we handle suffering when we encounter it? <clears throat> First thing, recognize that it is not your place to bring revenge or to teach people a lesson. Do we have any lesson teachers here today? That is your preacher's biggest problem with road rage. I mean, that is it. You honked at me or you did something that I know is not correct or not right, I will show you. And I have the same problem at work sometimes. You didn't do that the right way. You shouldn't have, I'm going to teach you a lesson. Is it my place to teach people a lesson? No. And I think even in our families we do that sometimes too, don't we, right? Joseph recognized that. He let God bring the lessons. Second thing is, and this is the most important thing, recognize who you are and recognize who God is right? Recognize who you are. Recognize who God is. This will help you overcome your hurts and find a way to forgive. Joseph saw God's purpose in his affliction. He had incredible faith. This is not about getting an apology or seeing the offending party get there so we can move on. If you've been hurt by family or friends or even by church, getting even won't make you better. It will only push you farther from the healing you need. We have all been hurt, but we've also all done some hurting too, especially against God. And again, I bring all these things back to the Lord himself. Jesus was pierced and broken because of our sin, the hurt we brought upon him. And yet through God's grace, we have forgiveness. So very simply, what's the answer for how to forgive when you've suffered greatly? What's the answer to pretty much every Sunday school question? Jesus, right? Because he knows you're hurt. He understands it. He, you can take it to him how you feel. He knows the path to forgiveness. We know who he is and how he can work out the situation even when we... Can you imagine when Joseph was in the pit? Not even sure he's going to live. And then he's going to end up in the second highest place in all of Egypt. I mean, that's how God works these things. Jesus is the answer. And we have to ask ourselves, am I in the place of God? All right, one last time, this last verse again this morning, I want you to take with you. You intended to harm me. 
but God intended it for good to accomplish what is now being done, the saving of many lives. There are some people that intend to harm you when you speak truth, when you try to do right, but if you will submit your life to God, the suffering and all of it, God will use it to do great things. We got to trust him. Let's stand this morning. Thank you guys for your patience. We're going to ask uh, Ray and Diane if they would just to come at this time. If you would just bow your heads for a moment this morning. And everybody in this room knows what it is to suffer hurt, and some of us a lot more than others. As you stand there this morning or sit there this morning, there may be some hurt still in your heart. There may be somebody in your family that has hurt you. There may be a friend or a neighbor or a coworker who has hurt you. And you need to make those things right and those things need to be reconciled. Maybe you've been bitter or maybe you've been seeking even revenge or just a way to, to counter this morning, as you pray to the Lord, would you ask the Lord to, this, to help you get that same perspective Joseph had? Am I in the place of God? It's not my place to bring revenge or to get even. But Lord, would you help me see a way to bring about redemption in the lives of those maybe who have even hurt me? Today, some of you may even right now be experiencing suffering. You may be going through difficult trials and hard things. And Joseph knows all about those things as well. Well, so does our Lord Jesus. And today, I would, if you're hurting, the first place I would have you turn is to the Lord. He knows your hurt. He knows your pain. He feels it so much more than anyone else does. And if you will seek him, you will find comfort and strength in Jesus because he is the answer. We're going to sing this morning. If the Lord's speaking to your heart and you'd like to come and pray, we'd invite you.